Hey everyone, I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Haley. We are two sisters and best friends, and we're the hosts of Real Talk About Feminism, a podcast for female empowerment. Each week, we release a new episode. We talk about everything from periods to current events. And different types of feminism to worse first dates. Subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, and tune in each week. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're so excited to be here for another week, another episode. Um, Disclaimer, my voice, I'm still recovering from completely losing it, so it's a little raspy still. As Ken said, it's pick-me. No, I said it's (laughs) less (laughs) pick-me. Well, because before, I could only whisper, like, literally for two days. Yeah, and on your birthday. And on my birthday, yeah, I could only talk at a whisper. I literally couldn't talk any louder, and then... The day before, it was, like, half whisper, half a tiny bit louder. So, yeah, it was pick me, but it wasn't intentional. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm glad. It's, like, we were just saying, it's, like, kind of in, like, the cuter, raspier yeah, stages. Yeah, it's, like, cute, raspy phase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not us analyzing my voice. <laughs> but, anyways, um, so we're diving right into this episode this week. I'm very excited. We're doing an interview with my friend Imari. And... Um, let's see, we've known each other since I think like May, maybe, yeah, yeah, I think May, and, um, we actually met on a dating app, but we're just friends, like, we're really great friends, and, yeah, he is a second lieutenant in the United States Air Force, and we are going to be talking about women in the military, and women in the draft. Yes, we want to ask some questions about women being drafted and different things like that. But I've had some conversations with him about women women being drafted and women in the military in general. And so we thought, why not do an episode about it? Super interesting. And have someone on who is in the military. I think the correct way, like he's like a ranking officer, I think, is the way. Yeah, that's way. something I want to ask him because I don't quite understand like the ranking system or like how it even really works in the military um and I know like people in the military are like it's not that hard like what do you mean but like Mm -hmm. I don't understand it at all so like I'm looking forward to hearing that from him and just getting like a male perspective Mm -hmm. on kind of like a feminist controversial topic like women in the draft is something that is very controversial Mm -hmm. and I don't really think it's talked about enough so I'm really excited to do this episode yeah me too so We'll get his insights and his perspective on everything. And yeah, this will be so exciting. Um, I forgot to mention he's from Atlanta, Georgia. So that's pretty cool. I like saying where our guests are from because we've had Florida, um, Canada. Canada. Now we have from Georgia. So mm-hmm. and he's cool. living in Florida right now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And another thing too, he did his Air Force training in Colorado Springs, which is like an hour and a half away from us. Yeah, it's like an hour and 15 minutes away. Yeah, it's like just kind of a cool other connection. Yeah, super cool. So um, let's just get right to it. Let's bring him on the show. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, it's truly an honor being here and speaking with you guys today. Uh, This is my first time ever appearing on a podcast or really doing anything of this nature. So I really do appreciate you guys having me on as a guest. I really do. Thank you. Wow. We're excited to have you on. So excited. Yeah, um, we're actually very excited to have you on. We introduced you um, like beforehand in our little intro, 
-hmm. but we want you to just tell us about yourself and some things you like to do or maybe even like why you decided to join the air force so go ahead and tell us about yourself uh okay um my name is amari hill i am currently a second lieutenant in the united states air force i'm from atlanta georgia um i joined the air force uh because my my dream since i've been a kid is to become uh, a pilot and i've also wanted to serve my country i have a lot of family members in, in my my family family members in my family or veterans in my family who have served long careers and i look up to them and i thought hmm great way to both achieve my dream and serve my country so i saw the benefits and decided i wanted to do it and I have had zero regrets since then. Um, there have been hard times and challenges and obstacles and things like that, but my reasons for being in the Air Force uh, stand strong and I will make the most of everything and every opportunity that comes my way. Things I like to do for fun to give it a higher note. Um, I love to fly planes. This is what, I, this is what I'm here to do. I love flying planes. Um, I love listening to music, working out, uh, I cook and eat heavily in order to support my workout program. Um, I'm a photographer and a beginning videographer as well. I love cars. I'm a big car guy, so that's mainly what I shoot at this point. And uh, I love playing sports and staying active. So I'm in Florida now, so beach volleyball is big, tennis, bowling, basketball. I've even gotten into golf. Um, Just things that I can do with my friends down here in Florida and, and stay active and have a good time. So. That's me. Yeah, you have a lot of things that you do. I'm really inspired. (laughs) I have a lot of, trust me, I say I have a lot of free time down here. So I keep myself occupied doing something. That's really cool. So fun. So for me, because I don't really like quite understand like the rankings of the military and like all Mm -hmm. of that. Could you explain like what exactly your position means in terms of the ranking order? So. In the Air Force, it's very similar in the Army, the Navy, and the Marine Corps as well, and the Space Force as well. Uh, but you have an enlisted side and you have the officer side, or the enlisted corps and the officer corps, right? So enlisted is E1 through E, I believe it's E9 is the, is the highest. Um, and those are like your privates, your, you know, your airmen. Uh, sergeants and things like that. And then you have the officer corps, which starts at 01 and it goes from 01 to, I think it's 09 as well. Uh, we haven't had any 010 in a long time. Uh, those are the generals. But right now I'm in 01. I just started off uh, commissioned May 26, 2021 after I graduated from the Air Force Academy. So I'm a second lieutenant. I am the lowest rank in the officer corps. So as of right now, I don't really (laughs) do all that much because I don't have any specialized training to do anything just yet. But yeah. But you can only go up from there. That's really cool. Only go up from there. And you can go down. If you go down, it's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. It's a problem. But yeah, you can only go up from there. Awesome. It's it's big on... You got it. I was going to say that's really good context because a lot of people I feel like don't necessarily understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because in the Air Force, if you say you're in the Air Force, a lot of people just assume you're a pilot just off the rip. Now, I do want to be a pilot, but not everybody in the Air Force is a pilot. 
Um, pilots are just the tip of the spear. There's a whole bunch of people behind us, support, logistics, maintenance, everybody, you know, that, that pushes that, that mission forward. We're just one part of it. And we need everybody to get the mission done. Same thing for the Army, same thing for the Navy. Um, we're all one big happy family trying to push uh, for our agenda. So on that note um, of everyone working together as a team, um, one of the big reasons why I really wanted to talk about this on the podcast is because I know that we, me and you, Amari, have talked about women being drafted. Mm -hmm. um, and I really thought that your insight was very helpful. Um, but I also, after talking about it with you, I talked about it with one of my other friends who is in the Marines and he had very strong opinions and feelings about women not being able to be drafted and about women not even like being on the front lines. And the conversation was frustrating to me. Like I'm not in the military at all, so I don't know how that is. But his point of view was that um, women, women should be able to do like the supporting tasks, but he would never want to them like next to him on the front lines. And so I wanted to know like, what are your opinions on that? Because he was just very strong in his opinions that women should not be on the front lines at all because they're not strong enough and they can't defend everything as well as men can. So I was wondering if you have the same opinions or any different opinions. Um, no, I don't have these same opinions. Um, in my eyes, take women women being required uh, to register for the draft, which isn't in law yet, but they're trying to change that to put it in law. I think that that is a sign that we're continuing to move in the right direction. And I'm all for women being required to be drafted just like men. I believe that if you are fit to do the job, then you should have a chance to get the job done. I believe that we're equal. And if men should be required, then women should be required to do it as well. I don't, there's no exclusion in that. Um, it is the, the equal obligation of all Americans, I repeat, all Americans to defend the nation if ever called to do so. Um, and in my opinion, you know, including women in a draft acknowledges the value women bring to the US Armed Forces and their talents uh, skills, expertise, abilities that women would offer in defending the nation in a time of need, a time of national emergency, time of war. I, I think, you know, it's necessary. I think it should be done earlier. You know, I don't have any problems with, with anybody, whoever you may be, whatever walk of life you come from, whatever, whatever you identify as, if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, you know, male, female, whatever it may be. If you can get the job done, and I trust you can get the job done, then let's do this shit together. Sorry if I uh, curse on that one. But yeah, I don't have any problems. As long as you can get the job done. That's the way all that matters to that me. was really good. Yeah. <laughs> because like when Haley was explaining, because I went to her for clarification on like what exactly like women in the draft issue is. Um, mm -hmm. And like personally, I would never want to be drafted. But I don't think that they would make it a black and white law. Like it wouldn't be like, all women and men are in the draft. Like if you're married or if you have children or yes, yes. like one of you would go or, you know, like there's a so, to it. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's start from the top, right? A draft is the mandatory enrollment of individuals into the armed forces, into the military. 
right now the U.S. military is all volunteer, which means that its service members choose to enroll themselves into their respective branches. And it's been that way since I believe 1973. Um, but an act of Congress could reinstate the draft in case of a national emergency. And I believe the Selective Service System is the agency that registers men at this at this moment and is responsible for running a draft. Almost all men, almost all men ages 18 to 25 who are U.S. citizens uh, or are immigrants living in the U.S. are required to register with the Selective Service. Uh, I believe citizens must register within like 30 days of turning 18 and immigrants must register within like 30 days of arriving within the U.S. Um, the registration process is fairly simple, though. It's just a form, name, date of birth, social security number, uh, address, things like that. Um, and if a draft is needed, the Selective Service System will start calling upon registered men uh, ages 18 to 25 for duty. And they'll be called by random, and I believe it's year of birth. Uh, then examined for mental, physical, you know, moral, all that type of fitness for military service. And then once that's complete, they'll either be deferred or exempted from military service or they'll be inducted into the armed forces. Um, and there are reasons to be exempted or deferred, uh, whether that be medical or extenuating circumstances or being in college or uh, having a family, like you said. Uh, there are definitely reasons as to why you, you don't have to you still be registered to, um, in the draft, but you don't have to go to war. It all just depends. That's basically what it is. If if we ever, you know, get in a situation where an all voluntary military cannot adequately support um, support it, Congress and the president can then reinstate the draft and force male citizens to serve in the military, and in the future, male and female citizens to serve in the military. So, when you register for the draft. Mm -hmm. Do they just like send you something and you fill it out? They, I believe, uh, just look up register for the draft, something like something along those lines. And then it's a government website, a form probably pops up, form with all your info or all the information that they want. You fill it in and they'll send you, I believe it's a registration card or something like that. So that, you know, if we ever needed a draft again, uh, you'd have that card and they'll that'll let them know that you're registered and, you know, you can join. From there, you'll still have to, like, be examined before you can actually go to war or do whatever. But you're you're at least registered in um, in the selective service system. What if you forget? Because <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. wondering, I'm, like, did Jared register for the draft? Um... I think a lot of people actually forget at this point in time. It's, it's weird nowadays because we haven't had a draft in such a very long time. So these generations really don't worry about it. I honestly didn't even worry about it either when I joined because I was I went to the Air Force Academy. So I didn't really think about it until somebody was like, oh, did you even register for the draft? And I was like, why would I have to do that if I'm going to be in the military if a draft were to happen? Um, but if you were to forget, get and we needed a draft they'll probably just register you on the spot <laughs> if you're like eight, if you're between 18 to 25 and you're not registered they'll probably register you now if you try to dodge the draft then that's the problem i'm not i'm not sure what the consequences or penalties are for that i'm sure it's some type of egregious fine and probably some jail time or whatever um but yeah 
you don't want to dodge the draft if you can, you know, be drafted. And just because you're drafted into the military does not mean you'll be placed on the front lines with a rifle after two or three weeks of training. They won't they won't do you like that. We're not like that. <laughs> May have been something similar to that back in World War Two, World War One, but we're not like that now. It's not. Way more advanced. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So Definitely. going back to what you said about like in your opinion, women should have been dra- uh, required to be in the draft earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really a great step for our country and for society that we are moving in the direction of women being required. Because Definitely. like you said, like just because you're registered for the draft doesn't mean you're going to be on the front lines, doesn't even mean you're going to be drafted. So right. it's like personally, like I would be okay to be registered if I knew that like, I would have the option to take care of my family in the future or, you know, like it's not like a, a for sure thing. If that makes yeah, sense. definitely. It's like, it's, it's weird how to think about it, but if both the male and if both the men and the women in the household were to be drafted or registered for the draft and you have a family, they're not going to send you to war. I know that, well, at least, you know, in from my perspective, one of my grandfathers, the one that didn't um, join during the Vietnam War, he didn't have to because he had a wife and he had a kid at the time. So because of that, he was exempted. He didn't have to go. If you're in college, you don't have to go. These are all standards from history, from past. I, I can't remember if they're still, if they're up to date, but there are reasons as to why they won't, you know, like, you're not going to go you have a family or you're not going to go because you have somebody who served before and was lost or whatever it may be, whatever your circumstances are, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty forgiving at this point in time. It's not, it's not great, but you know, we'll let you off the hook sometimes. (laughs) We'll give you a pass. (laughs) Now, if you're 18 and you just graduated from high school and you're not going to college and you don't really have anything to do, that's kind of what. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. I mean, if you're if you're being drafted, you like, well, you don't have anything else to do, so you might as well go in and be drafted. <laughs> that's if it were ever to even come to that. That's if it were ever to even come to that. And I I don't I don't think within our generation that we'll even need to reinstate a draft. Um, that's just that's just me. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, nothing escalates to the point where we need a draft. Because if if that's the case, and it's something's going terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting that even in our time and with our generation, we've done really well at, um, I guess, progressing women's rights and making sure that men and women are have equal rights. And mm-hmm. it's crazy to me thinking that signing up for the draft or registering for the draft is something that we've never had to think about and we have all girls in our family and so like it's never something that we've had to think about and it's just crazy to me that there's still things out there that men have to do or different rights that men have that women like don't have to worry about or you know don't have those rights and so Mm -hmm. it's just crazy I was just thinking about that when you were talking about that and how to register like we don't even know how you would do that because Mm -hmm. we've never had to worry about that and so that's why I think it would be a great thing. And I hope that Congress like moves it along and passes that, that women are required because I just think that would be such a, a monumental 
push towards like women's rights and equal rights for both genders yeah and like Haley, your other friend having such strong opinions about like not trusting a woman to be on the front line or like in duty with him i i if you've gone through the training like everybody in the military goes through the same training right <laughs> like pretty, basic yeah training. pretty much depending yeah well yes we all go through basic training yes yes yeah, so, like, if you've gone through the basic training and met all the requirements and you've been tested and screened and, like, you're medically fit and everything, like, I don't get the big deal. Like, you can obviously do the job. There are there are different standards in certain things where men's standards are here and women's standards are kind of here. It kind of just depends on the body physiology and things like that. But there are certain jobs out there within the military where it's, like, the standards are here and everybody has to meet them. Right. Um but still, either way, I've met, like, being a pilot, the standards for being a pilot don't change whether you're male or female or whatever it may be. You got to be a badass pilot to be a badass pilot. I've met so many badass women who have just done so much in combat from flying F-16s to being the first flight F-35, flying the Thunderbirds, flying an A-10 and, you know, being shot at and having to land your plane coming back with no hydraulics that's hard that's really hard to do so the it's definitely doable for women and i see the the benefits and the value of having having women come along and i don't see why other people don't but a lot of the people just aren't as progressive you know Mm -hmm. times are definitely changing but people still have their thoughts their beliefs their ideals and some of them you know may not be socially acceptable but they're still there um and they carry over into the military if they join the military. And yeah, it does get in the way of progression, but um, we'll continue to work in order to create an atmosphere that accepts all people from all different walks of life. It's slow. It's always slow dealing with change and dealing with people, but we just got to continue to progress in the right direction. That's what it is. So on that note, I know that you're not a woman, obviously, <laughs> but um, have you had any experiences where you've seen discrimination against women that like you work with or anything any women in the military or in school even when you were at the air force academy have you seen any discrimination towards the women uh yes um there's there is discrimination against women uh in the military uh, and i've definitely heard stories from others about you know certain things that they've had to go through challenges they they've had to push through obstacles that they've had to overcome and, you know, backlash they've received from both the system um, and from their peers and, you know, the people within the system that I wouldn't have had to go through because I am not, you know, a woman. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely there. It may not be as, you know, as out in the open as it used to be because it definitely it used to be worse because times are definitely changing. It's more subtle, but in certain instances, it's still there. And and um, like I said, we're we're it's something that we're working on trying to fix, but it's slow. Um, but then again, I, I personally don't think the problem starts with the military. I think it starts with people in general and how, uh, how society works today, which allows for discrimination to happen. And, you know, like I said before, people have their thoughts, beliefs, and ideals. And, you know, we used to have older generations and things like that. And it's a power structure. So I think as things change, generations change, we will change as, as people. And then our military will change as well. Like I said, it's slow, but 
it'll happen. But yes, I have seen discrimination against women in the military, whether that be going to try going and trying to get certain jobs or um, trying to get help, um, whether that be for sexual assault or like suicide prevention or uh, whatever it may be. There's definitely some backlash that I've seen for, for women trying to do the things they need to do in order to get things done. It sucks. It definitely sucks. Um, but we just have to change overall in order for anything to happen. Yeah, I know that we have talked about personally um, the issues with sexual assault. And that's just, I know we've had interesting conversations about that. But yeah, that's very interesting. I like what you said about how the problem is kind of just a societal issue in general. And when you have like a big structure or organization, then the problems in society are obviously going to seep through. So, right. And like the majority of the military, I, I actually don't know if this is true anymore, but like, I imagine that most people in the military are men. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I mean, I know like a few women that are in the military. So, um, and like you said, times are more progressive and there are more women that are like joining the military straight out of college or straight out of high school. But um, it is a really big issue with sexual assault, rape against women in the military. And it's just sad to me that like a lot of times, like they can't even go and tell somebody like if it's the person above them and they're the top ranking official, like who else mm-hmm. are they going to report it to? And like, I've heard also that, like for one, the reporting system is kind of skewed and messed up. And um, I lost my train of thought. And like, people just like, don't care. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, well, it's your problem. Like, no one's gonna help you, basically. Yeah, it's weird, because there are definitely people like that. And they're a part of the problem. Uh, like I said, I've, I've known, I, when people come to me about their problems, I don't, I don't, I feel like I have a response that everybody should have when you're trying to help that person. Of course, you want to ask some questions just to understand what was going on and how everything went about. But you want to, if you can't help them, you got to send them to somebody that can give them help. But it's always weird when you're dealing with a power structure, uh, whether it be in the military or outside of the military. Um, I don't want to say there's corruption within the military, but there's corruption just everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be times where, yeah, unfortunately, you know, the person that sexually assaulted you um, is friends with the commander or whoever's above you. And it's hard for, you know, you to get anything across when they have a connection. And it's immoral and it's unjust, but that's, 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 our society that's the way humans work for some reason <laughs> i can't really answer that question even women in the military can discriminate against other women in the military just wanted to put that out there yeah you know, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. yeah yeah definitely a good thing. i know that's something that we don't really you don't really hear that all that often but i know of stories of women who discriminate against other women in the military whether that be jealousy or trying to keep them down or it's a power structure type of thing or it's a power play type of thing or it's they're not discriminating uh, against them because they're a woman they're discriminating against them because they're a woman and they're african-american or they're hispanic or they're just a person of color or people of color or different ethnicities things like that so discrimination yeah, is definitely there 
That is so interesting because I would think, like, if I was in the military, I would find all yeah. the women I could and I would, like, make a group. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, you've mentioned a couple of times, like, people are just weird. Like, people do weird things that just, like, don't sound right at all. Nope. You're definitely right. I, I, I've I come to understand. I say this at least once a day. I do not understand how people work. <laughs> I think I do, but I really don't. <laughs> now, I'll hear stories and I'm just like, I don't understand what their train of thought was, why they're asking these questions, they're doing the things that they were doing, because it doesn't make any logical sense. But sometimes I ask myself, how do you, how did you make it this far? But <laughs> it's not my place. Not my place. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Okay, well, our last question for you, um, unless there's anything else that you want to highlight, our last question for you is um, if you have any tips for anyone who wants to join the military or anyone who's interested, what are your tips? Ooh, I got a lot of tips. Um, I'm going to try to, I'm going to narrow it down to three. Try to narrow it down to three. Number one, yes, number one. Have strong reasons as to why you want to join the military. Again, have strong reasons as to why you want to join the military. Your reasons for being in the military are supposed to keep you grounded and help you stay motivated and determined when times get hard, when obstacles are presented, when challenges are in your way. If your reasons or your resolve is not strong enough, it's just going to make it that much harder. It really does. Um, number two, uh, have a plan of action. Have a plan of action for what you want to do in the military and have contingency plans to fall back on if plan A doesn't work because it's not going to work 100%. It, it's No plan works 100% of the time. So just please have that in mind. Just I've seen a whole bunch of people, as soon as their first plan fails, they have nothing. So have backup plans. And number three, um, have a plan of action for once you separate from the military, because not everyone's going to have a long 20 plus year career. Um, so it's good to know what you want to do after your service is complete. Even me, when I, you know, I want to have a long, uh, long career, but even, you know, if I retired 20, if I, if I retired in 20 years, right, I'll be 42 years old. And I still have so much more life to live. So you gotta know what you wanna do after your service is complete. It'll make that transition between the military lifestyle and into the civilian lifestyle that much smoother. Um, there are a bunch of schooling opportunities and skills and expertise and experience that can just be gained from being in the military. So it's best to know how to apply them when you get into the outside world or into the civilian world. Um, so yeah. Essentially, know why you want to join, what you want to do within the military, and know what you want coming out. Um, yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> That's your before, that during, and after. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are good tips. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I don't know, do you have like a photography account or anything that you want people to follow you on? We normally say like, where can we find you? But I don't know if you want yourself uh, you can just find me on my Instagram. It's just my name, Imari Hill, E-M-A-R-I-H-I-L-L. -L. It serves as my regular account, 
kind of my photography account and I don't have any videos up there just yet. I'm very slow with posting at this point. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have so much time. I'm so busy. I have so much time, but I make myself busy. So um, yeah, that's where you can follow me. That's cool. You should do TikToks of like a day in my life as your ranking. I'm sorry, I forgot. But like, that would be really cool for like people to see or like you could literally like get on and like give tips or like share stories. Like that would be so cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. A day in my life, I don't know about that one because I have a lot of free time and people are going to be like, do you even work? I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, like one day a week. Um, but oh, yeah. That's so cool. My schedule right now is very light. Um, I'm awaiting pilot training and that's where my specialized training kind of starts. So while I'm in this waiting period, since there's so many LTs within like our little squadron area on base, there's eight of us. We all like rotate once a day for working. Okay, so, that's nice. Yeah, that is it's pretty. Nice. Easy. I only work on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, oh, Ellis, we're both thinking about going in the military. And we're like, hmm. <laughs> when the training starts, is not like trust me. I say it's not like that for everybody. I am definitely a special case. And once training starts, um, yeah, it's gonna be some long 12, 15 hour days. I did I, I did the first part of training, the first phase, um, initial flight training last month or from September 13th to October 8th, and that was in Pueblo, Colorado. Oh and God. some of those days, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning for like 5 o'clock briefings, and then I got back to my room after flying and eating, and I just started studying, and that was it. And then you just repeat that cycle. So that's, wow, it's tough, yeah. But I'm enjoying my break. This is definitely a break period. <laughs> Knowing that you were so busy in Pueblo, I guess I can't be as salty that you didn't come visit us. <laughs> Sorry. So my bad. Okay. Imari, can I ask you one more question that we want to yes. ask all of our guests? What do you do <laughs> for self-care? What do I do for self-care? Uh-huh. Um, hmm. Well... I do a lot of things for self-care. I do whatever makes me happy, really. And I know it's very broad, but I like, I have hobbies and I keep myself active and I try my best not to stress. Those are my biggest, those are my big three things. I have hobbies, stay active and don't stress. That's my self-care. Awesome, awesome. that's great, so good. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. That was great. So good. Yeah, that was awesome. He had some really good insight on Mm -hmm. women in the military in general. And I think he has some really good experience. And like he brought a really cool new perspective. Yeah, I think that was definitely really fun having a male guest on. And he's a lot different than any of the guests that we've had on so far. They, They all bring such different things to the table. But I think it was really interesting and really good for us to hear a male perspective. So definitely follow go follow Amari on Instagram so that you can see all of his photos and his videos hopefully he posts soon yeah share this episode it was definitely a very unique episode in my opinion so Mm -hmm. definitely share it and let us know your opinions on this whole women in the draft issue women in the military if you are in the military we thank you so much for your service and for honoring our country yes and another thing that we just wanted to say really quickly is that Amari Um, everything he said, he was speaking on his own behalf 
and he was not representing or speaking for the United States Air Force. So everything was his own opinions and everything he said was on his own behalf. We just wanted to give that disclaimer. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening right now. And go follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Real Talk About Feminism. And you can find us on all of our other platforms if you click the link in our Instagram bio. Thank you guys so much for listening to Real Talk About Feminism.